This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. I am your host, Reed Murphy, joined today by the lovely whitest person you know, as we went over at the end of last week's episode. Scott Elia is back, but not only talking about NFL and college football this week, because something else that is back is the NBA. It is back. It is finally here. So... Returning to the show, the one and only Sam Wolf. He is the sports director at WVCW Radio in Richmond, Virginia, and he is the head play-by-play commentator for VCU Men's Basketball at WVCW. Welcome back, Sam. Good to be back. Oh, it's good to have you two together. We're crossing worlds, crossing, yeah, exactly. crossing streams. Another white like, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're feeding the world. <laughs> uh sam you're back and so the nba is back it started this week actually we've had it's actually been kind of a shitstorm of things happening in the nba just in the first two days of the season let alone everything that's happened before so i'm gonna start you with a question this is a very simple question and actually it's for both of you because scott i know you're not a big basketball guy but i think you can answer this question as well for both of you what would you do if someone knocked you the fuck out at work. <laughs> ah, damn. Um, I like, I'm like calling up anyone and being like, yo, bring a bat <laughs> and meet me outside of my place of employment. I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not getting like an assault charge, but I'm just like destroying <laughs> their car. I'm destroying their car. I just want to talk to see, them. <laughs> see, I'm going to take the high, the high road white person card and just immediately press charges. And not even think anything of it. <laughs> I was gonna say Sam went <laughs> Sam went straight Richmond from the right? <laughs> <laughs> Sam gets that hot take. That's gonna be the thing. He's got the last name Wolf, so we got whenever he has a hot <laughs> whenever he's got the hot take. Ooh. It's supposed, hey. to, supposed to be a wolf growling, but it's actually Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> Best we can do. The wolf of the wolf of oh. Broad Street, am I right? <laughs> 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 I bring up getting knocked the fuck out at work because obviously Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors, the whole situation between him and Jordan Poole. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows exactly what the fight stemmed out of. If it had something to do with, you know, the idea that Poole needed to be extended, Draymond needs to be extended, all of this could be anything it could just be draymond being draymond at practice but draymond comes up to him at practice they get into a little shoving match draymond knocks him the fuck out right there on the spot uh sam what does the future 
of Draymond Green look like with the Golden State Warriors, especially now that Jordan Poole ended up getting the extension? Yeah, I saw Jordan Poole got that extension, and my first thought was Draymond because, like, damn, you really want Draymond on that team, right? I mean, he, he is the glue. He is the mesh, but you can find glue guys like a dime a dozen. Like, Draymond is the best glue guy. But I, I think once that contract runs out, he's he's running to be buddy-buddy with LeBron. I, th- I think there's a little bit of – I think that's a bit of the boiling point with Draymond and Golden State. It's like, okay, I think we're getting to, a, getting to the conclusion of his days, it seems like. But yeah. you never know. I love Steve Kerr's response to all of it, having had the personal experience of getting – punched right in the face by Michael Jordan in the 90s. <laughs> but it, it is a curious uh, situation because, like you said, Jordan, uh, uh, Draymond is the heart of that team, in a sense. And, yeah, his connection to LeBron, it's probably just going to lead to that. It's going to lead to him going to the Lakers, I guess. He's not really exactly what the Lakers need. Not at all. Not, <laughs> not no. Another version of everything they've had, but it's kind of been a shit week for his future between that, between Poole getting the extension, and then everybody thought that, you know, Draymond's just going to take over Charles Barkley's seat at TNT when he retires oh, in like God. a year, and then all of a sudden he gets a 10-year extension at TNT to keep going. For, <laughs> I mean, I would stay out of retirement too if somebody offered me $200 million. Tom Brady knows what that's like. True. Um, we're talking about the Lakers, and they have had a, you know, a start to the season. It's been something. So they, they were present. They've been present. They, they've been yeah. There. They were there. Um, I want to ask about the future of the NBA as a whole because we have the Lakers, and I wonder: are they going to rebound? Can they get back to that bubble championship, or was that true fraud? Like because. You have LeBron the other night, or last night, actually, and it was beautiful. Him realizing, like, mid-answer after the game that the reason they're getting so many open shots is because everyone is aware that they don't have any shooters. Of course they're going to let you just shoot. There's nothing there. So are they going to be able to rebound, or do they just age out? Do they trade Russ and their first to get somebody, or what's going to happen there? Let's go with some context here. The Lakers this offseason were presented with, in one hand, Rob Plinko was presented with the correct choice. Ship off Westbrook for literally anything. Or he was presented with the wrong choice. And that was to just stick with the squad and hire, you know, questionable choices at the guard slot. And that's what they did. They, They ran it back and with no meaningful assets outside of THT who they traded for Pat Bev. There's, there's, there's nothing you could be like, Oh, they could, there's no, there's no way to finagle really like in the mind, like before you could be like, okay, you can, you can ship out this guy, move it for this, like what they did with Anthony Davis. But you look at this roster, like, okay, you can ship off Austin Reeves for, Oh, dang. Maybe we can get Peyton Pritchard. Like that's like the kind of like level they're at. Like they don't really have any maneuvering pieces. So I just see themselves like kind of dismantling and aging out uh, in the next couple of years. Scott, do you have any faith in LeBron James? 
Uh, no, but I got a uh, I got a scenario that I like to run by you with LeBron James. What I could see end up happening. What I would like. What I think would be interesting seeing happen. What do you got? Think about it. The Lakers trade LeBron to the Suns. Hmm. LeBron buys the Suns long, and he's there long enough to play. So that way, he drafts Bronny. They play together. <laughs> after that and he still owns the Suns. that could be a that's a scenario <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think do, he needs to... I mean it seems like he has made it clear that he's not going to re- finish with the lakers he's going to finish wherever Bronny ends up i'm curious exactly. to see if Bronny is actually good if Bronny is really this good or if this is a lavar ball like a lavar ball lonzo kind of situation and he's just well last well, last I looked at Bronny's composite on, I think it was 24-7, some kind of basketball rankings. I think he's a four-star right now. He has a couple offers right now as it stands. Ohio, State looks, like the Ohio State looks like the, the runner or the, the, the forerunner. Right. Yeah, I think it's them. And I think, right. I want to say UNC's in there. It's it's a bunch of, of course, marquee schools, but you're right. No, Ohio State's probably going to be the move. Probably go there for a year and then just declare for the draft and just try to get to wherever his dad's at. We've seen even his son is starting, or his younger son is starting to play basketball now. Now he's actually, and he's looking good too. That dude's he's, a monster. Six foot six as like as like, a, as like a fourteen year old. <laughs> I think Space Jam Two kind of <laughs> Space yeah, Jam Two kind of made him do it. Everybody that was Dylan like, over that was Dylan Arc. <laughs> he's a video. He's like this video game nerd. He can't play. He's up oh, like this. Six yeah. <laughs> threes in your mouth. <laughs> Going over to another team that's going to need to make things happen to win. It's the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic. Do you y'all believe that Luka can make this happen by himself? Because he is doing remarkable things. Even in the playoffs last year, the only comparable numbers for him were Jordan. <laughs> Listen, I'm the I'm the four. I I am I am the utmost biggest fan of Luka. But good lord, what are you going to do with Christian Wood as your next best player on the roster? Yeah, uh, there's just so many issues with that team. Even like, sure, if you build a solid defensive cast outside of outside of Luca, you could maybe have a shot. You know, kind of like really build a defense first team. But they signed one of the biggest defensive liabilities at the four slash five. You kind of just have these like weird swing men, like three and D guys that don't really make that much of an impact. It, it that that's I mean, Luca will probably carry them to like a bunch of iconic series wins, but when you're coming over to the East Coast, if, if he does make the finals by himself, pretty much, you're running into Giannis, you're running into potentially Joel Embiid and James Harden. You're you're not nothing like it would have to be the craziest postseason run especially with how stacked the west is with a couple moves in the offseason including you know jamal murray coming back uh gobert going to the timberwolves there's just so many things working against the mavericks and the the league isn't a one-man show anymore it's really not and i don't think luca is going to be able to make it a one-man show all those moves, you even got DeAndre Jordan in there somewhere. Just give me an excuse to play this. 
in that center from Texas A&M, number six, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> oh, the confidence. Somebody that's got confidence. Ja, ja, ja Morant. God damn it. I had it right, and I still called him Ja Morant. I don't know why I go with a Spanish pronunciation for it. I don't even speak Spanish. Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Are they destined for shit and death, according to uh, Sam? Which is maybe an over-exaggeration, but... <laughs> I read that on the docket and I, I had a good laugh. Um, but listen, like the, the Grizzlies kind of found themselves in a, a year where the West was particularly weak. I mean, the champion did come from the West. The Warriors were great, but the Nuggets were injured. The Lakers just became bad before our eyes. Uh, what else am I missing? The Timberwolves are weak, who are now better. I, I just don't think the Grizzlies are as good as we made them out to be from what we saw last year. We saw them kind of against a weak West, still a very good team. I just think they will be like a five or a six seed or potentially lower depending on how far they tank before how, how the competition makes a difference that they're seeing more regularly. I, I just, I don't think that they are like John Morant. Great. Jaron Jackson. Good. Uh, Desmond Bain. Good. They're just a bunch of really good guys, and I I don't know how much that's going to translate against some really great teams. That's true. And you're talking about what who's actually real, and I want to go back a little bit, kind of back to the to the bubble and how things have changed, what teams look like now, and we've talked about how the Lakers have just become bad overnight in a sense, almost it's take, you know, they had the championship run there in the bubble. We talk about, you know, Mickey mouse championship. Is it real? Nobody was on the road, no crowds. There's no momentum there. Miami heat were also a part of that. They were close, could have won the entire thing. They were, you know, uh, shit, really just a bad play away last year from the NBA finals. Are they, do you think that they can be real? this year or is relying on an older Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler, you know, not going to bring shit for them. Yeah. I'm definitely a Jimmy Butler defender, but they're just one key move away from being real. Cause we've seen what the whole like coach Spo effect can do. You can see a team that's just kind of like, Oh God, like you look at the roster and you're just like, eh, but they put it together. They're able to put together these first in the East, third in the East campaigns throughout the season. But if they just have that one piece, if they have an offensive star, then they can, but I I don't see them making the trade or Kyle Lowry just becoming a God. Like I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see them making any moves to change it this year, but they're just one piece away from being a real true honest to god championship contender and i think that kind of is what killed them there here in the offseason because they were in and it's the same thing every year they're in talks or you know they're in rumors to trade for just about every single person in the nba but it seemed like there was legitimate smoke when it came to at least you know kevin durant before he patched things up there 
Kyrie Irving, uh, Donovan Mitchell when it came time for that. Now it looks like their best option, best person they might be able to get is maybe bringing back, being able to trade and bring back Jay Crowder. But nothing really else has happened for them. They even lost P.J. Tucker, who was a, you know, a very good piece and a very good. He's always that kind of playoff addition that you need for your team. I think he went back. He went to Boston now. So moves or yeah, Philly. Yeah, he's in Philly. And yeah, damn John from Bridesburg. He's going to be so happy with them, Scott. (laughs) John. Moves are what's going to make it happen in this league. It's you have to do something. You have to be able to keep up with the arms race. So I'll ask, like, who? What were the most interesting moves to you from this off season? So anybody who listened to my show last year and listens to me talk about the NBA now knows I will not stop gushing about Evan Mobley and the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are honest to God, like just like just years of experience with some of their core away from being a true finals contender. Because if you look at what they were missing last year, a shot creator, Darius Garland was fine. Like he was, he was a great distributor and he scored when he could, but that's not his foremost strength. They went and picked up a premier shot creator. One of the premier shot creator in the league. So you add that to two amazing shot blockers, a rangy four and Evan Mobley who can do just about everything on the court and going to be one of the best young, like bright stars in the league. And it sounds like you have a recipe for a, a, the best young core in the league. Yeah. That, that just, that was the one I like could not get over. It, It was just like the best. They just, you know, they did it because they could, they had the, they had the picks. They were just going to be like late lottery to late first round picks. So they're like, why not just ship these off to Utah and Colin Sexton and go get an amazing score. And it just, it makes so much sense. And I'm usually very anti send out a bunch of picks because it doesn't turn out well, but in this scenario, it just, he's Donovan Mitchell slides into this team perfectly and makes them complete. Yeah. I completely agree. And that come that comes back from LeBron, from LeBron's age and not doing what he wanted to in that last season because you knew he was just going to leave. You knew he's going to go and go to LA and leave you with a I mean I've said it before, he is a he is the human embodiment of a tornado. He comes into town and leaves nothing but destruction and J.R. Smith in its wake. Just in a singular in a singular NBA championship. That's exactly. one you have to look out for is he leaves a singular NBA championship in that whole mess of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Scott, what were we going to say? Oh, I was going to say anything. Oh, I'm just saying you're quite low. Oh, I thought I heard you. <laughs> no, it's all a great move. If you're talking about future and looking at futures of these teams, Victor Webinyama. I'm learning to pronounce his name, and people need to look this guy up. Look him up. At least look at pictures of him. He's basically a 2K player. He's a creative player. (laughs) He is a freak of nature. He is insane in the G League right now. He's going to be the number one pick next year, right? Oh, without a doubt. Granted, he has legs amputated. Right. In that case, he still might go late first round. Like I was this, say, dude, you still have the height. He's seven four. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is like beyond generational. Like 
I'm going to toot my own horn here. I'm a nerd about basketball. I'm a nerd about sports in general, but I've known about this dude for two years. I'm like, he's the best. He's one of the best prospects we've seen ever. Like LeBron levels of like ceiling on this guy. What you'll see from him is just the, the type of build that, that teams are falling in love with, you know, those tall centers who can handle the ball. They can shoot. It's just, it's like nobody told him he has an eight foot wingspan. He can shoot the ball lights out. He can defend from the perimeter. He can move it inside. He can take moving shots. He can take off the dribble shots. He can do quite literally anything a guard can do and anything a center can do. It's, it's mind boggling. This man it's, it's insane. So Scott audience you're hearing now take a futures bet on Victor Webb and Yama for MVP. I don't know when, I don't know what year, but just take a few. Let's go, go with that. We're going to mark that. Hopefully we'll still be around I'll, and we can revisit. I, I was about to say, once it goes live, I'll make that bet. <laughs> uh, before we get out of NBA, I want to ask the season has started. We've had some wild, wild couple of nights already what are your takeaways so far sam and what are some of the big storylines and teams to watch as we continue to unfold teams to watch i think i think we should all keep an eye on the pelicans after that dismantling of the nets like i'm gonna stay on the boat that the nets are a good team the nets are a great basketball team i think having zion back is just that good for the pelicans um Watch out for uh, Paulo. He dropped a clean 27 in his first ever NBA game. Uh, and I think this I think this could be another year where we look back and we're like, wow, we had some great rookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of young talent. The, the, the Pistons should be up and coming. They looked fantastic up against the Magic where Paulo was doing everything he could. Uh, obviously, the Lakers should be a fun watch just to watch them fall apart, you know. But <laughs> Another sleeper that people people kind of been talking about is the Clippers. Yeah, that's mine. The Clippers mm-hmm. are a very sneaky team, having Paul, uh, Paul George, Kawhi back, and then grabbing John Wall, which I don't know how much I like or don't like that. I'm just kind of like, we'll see. It's curious but, because I'm curious to see what the body and the play looks like after you know multiple years of not playing. Yeah. Will we still see that same explosiveness? Will we still see the same craftiness when it comes to getting to the rim? Are we going to still see those problems turning over the ball, making kind of Russell Westbrook-esque decisions when it comes to how he moves the ball around? We'll just have to see with him. But other than that, super great core. Uh, Top to bottom, they're just one of the better teams in the league. And I think they should make a serious contest with the Suns, with the with the Timberwolves, with the with the Nuggets. I think just keep an eye on the West Conference. They sh- they're back and healthy, and it should be a really interesting uh, time out out in the West. I'm glad you said that about the Clippers and about the Pelicans and Zion and just getting Zion back. Amin El Hassan, uh, who's an NBA insider, he was saying on the radio the other day that it's almost like the scene out of Avengers Endgame when all the lost heroes start coming out of the portals and that's what's happening this NBA season. You're getting that with Zion <laughs> and Kawhi and Kyrie, in a sense, all coming out of these portals. And 
you're going to it's going to change up the game i think a lot more than people are really expecting especially with the clippers and as we've seen with the pels and i don't know if that was just a you know a side effect of the nets the nets are a great team you can't discount kevin durant you can't discount Kyrie when he's focused uh ben simmons i don't know We'll have to see. That's like just like John Wall. We will have to see. We tried to charge him with criminal fraud on the show a couple of weeks ago for what he's oh done to the. <laughs> talk about a talk about a flop of a a, a premiere that he had against the Pelicans. What did he put up? Four points. Yeah, if that. I think about yeah. four. Yeah. It was four points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn. And Zion, you got Zion playing classic, like old school stat lines like he's just playing under the hoop the entire time and he's dominant he dominates there and you but that's his game though like he and just needs to throw his do. body around and that's what he just needs to focus on is just doing that it's what i've believed that they need to do in la with anthony davis and where his body's at at this point and where his you know skill has kind of fallen off a little bit he's not a shooter they're trying to make him they're trying to keep him that way but i'd like to see them move him there uh a team I'm interested in watching, not for great reasons, but the San Antonio Spurs, and to see just how blatantly they, you know, just fall apart on purpose. Like they're tanking, they're tanking like crazy. Did you see that pop press conference? What he said? He said he's like, our goal isn't to win an NBA championship this year. We all know that. Like something. Like, like he's like he's like I'm just here. We're here to build the team. He's he's capping his ass off. Like he's just sitting there. He's like, yeah, like he like he's saying quietly what everyone is thinking they had dudes from concessions playing in the third it's insane <laughs> what's happening it's blatant but uh one that i want to watch and close out here on is the boston celtics the reigning east champions uh and ime udoka their coach who is suspended for the year for you know workplace relations uh, it's still very kind of patchy as to what was going on, but we know that there was a relationship in the office. He is, you know, famously married to Neil Long. And so you have drama in the personal life, drama at work. What we know clear and out is that he is gone for the year. So I'm curious to see how the Celtics hold up without him. They have a good interim, a good young interim coach, a rising star. Forgot his name, but he's rising. Who he's there now, but uh, I'm curious what his future is going to look like, and if the Celtics really ball out this year and succeed and still make it far, if he'll still have a job there. Yeah, it's tough because I mean, if they go out and they have a similar level season without uh, Ime, I think he'll still have a job. I just think he'll walk into the hot seat. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like if 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 they go and have a successful season without him. The seat will get really hot. And if like he starts off, if that team starts off cold, like he did in his first year, he'll be gone, but he'll have a coaching job elsewhere, depending on how, if anything, if the information does come out with all of this, if it's that bad, then teams will stray away. But I, I, I think he'll have a coaching job, even if he gets fired from the Celtics, but the Celtics, I think are the biggest frauds in the NBA. I, 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 I really, I just, I don't think, I think we're attributing too much to that run to the finals. Um, I think it was just off the sole power of Jason Tatum just being a bucket 
and stepping but up when, finally. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to a like a, a true championship basketball team, it's not the Celtics. They have no guard that can move the ball. I mean, you picked up Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. <laughs> um, and Blake Griffin, like who are you helping there? You're just gonna go back to like the same team you were the year before. You're not beating any teams out west like that. Blake Griffin just popping up and continuing to just pop up randomly on teams is it blows my mind and it also makes me feel wildly old because I, I, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it also seems like forever ago when he was like the young star jumping over, what was it? I think it was my car jumping over Kia souls, everything to in the dunk contest. And well, it's like, I can remember him playing at OU back in the day. So it's like, I'm surprised he even still around. Right. And now it's like, like everybody's like standing on their feet and like shocked and falling, you know, falling to the floor when he makes a single dunk for the first time in a couple of years <laughs> last year with the Nets. And then he, you know, has to go sit down because that took a fucking lot out of him. <laughs> oh, the times that we are in. Uh, well, you know, smoothly transitioning from the NBA to another wild part of the week. College football, Scott. We had oh boy. Tennessee. They upended Alabama. And I love it. I loved it, too. I was in an engagement party. Shout out to Leanne and Emily. They are the best. Congratulations to y'all. But I was hey. standing in the middle of the engagement party watching Tennessee, Alabama, down in the basement <laughs> with this one girl I'd never met before. But she was a hardcore <laughs> Tennessee fan, and watching those emotions like flow, it was like a roller coaster for an hour. Was incredible to watch, and then, you know, it turned into them uh, storming the field, which is a an SEC fine that I'd had no idea that was a thing. A hundred k. This is the second time. They didn't second offense to them. They saved that no. up just for that occasion. <laughs> they showed the, well, uh, the they showed the president of Tennessee just sitting in the box with a cigar, laughing as they ripped out right. the uh, uh the goalpost. <laughs> goal That's the thing is like not only did they have to worry about that fine, but then they had to like crowdsource and pool money together to get new goalposts. One of which is in the river right now, so I'm pre- pretty sure it's still there. Which is insane to me that you have to crowdfund <laughs> a new goalpost at Tennessee. <laughs> Any of these schools could get VCU could buy one. We could go buy goalpost. I found out it's only nine thousand dollars on Amazon. So is it only can, nine thousand? It's like nine thousand dollars for a goalpost. That's it uh, uh, on Amazon. Maybe it's not a good one. But I got max out my credit card to get a goalpost. <laughs> the SEC is buying goalposts from Amazon now. That'd be crazy. Well, they better. Well, they better be careful because the third offense is two hundred fifty k. So they better be careful. Jeez. And it surprised it, it ended up in the river. My bet was that it was going to end up in front of somebody's dorm. Which would have been. Well, I don't know where the second I don't know where the second one ended up. I know one of them went in that river right down the street. Ended up at a front of the stadium. It's somewhere. <laughs> it has to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, sir, there's that. And then you see that picture that was going around where like somebody ripped up the sod from the stadium. They're like, who did this? And then there was another picture of showing a lady in the background, like hunched over with her purse, ripping <laughs> up the sod, shoving it in her purse. <laughs> Winning makes you lose your damn mind, man. Another white person thing. So what's going to happen to me if they oust Dan Snyder from the Commanders? Oh, but we'll get to that. God. We'll get to that. I want to stick here for a second because that was a crazy, crazy moment. But it was also, it lived up. I think it lived up to our hype for the week of it being mm-hmm. a classic college football weekend. So what were your takeaways and what caught your attention this past weekend? 
Yeah. Uh, so one more thing from that Alabama-Tennessee game was Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver for Alabama, is in some shit right now because uh, video popped up of him smacking a woman that rushed the field on his way out to the, uh, the locker room. So that's going to be something to closely monitor from here on out. Well, damn. I don't know if you saw that at all. No, I hadn't even heard of that. Oh, oh yeah. No, you got to go look that up. Um, but other than that, just three quick ones. Um, Oklahoma upsets Kansas, quote unquote, upsets Kansas. Because you don't think you would ever have to say that. They won 52 to 42. But I mean, but the only reason is because Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas, is currently out with a separated shoulder that he had suffered against TCU yeah. two weeks ago. Um, all signs are pointing to he's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. He keeps coming out stating, you know, against that fact. But with how great that he's kind of him and the Kansas program have turned around, they don't, they don't want to hinder their future at this point with that kind of an injury. So they might just shut it down for the rest of the year. Um, the, the darlings, of the college football world that I was kind of pinning as being this year's Cincinnati team, JMU, this is their first season in D one. They got ranked 25th recently and they lose a close game to Georgia Southern last week, 45 to 38. Yeah. But it's it's really good to see, you know, these D2 schools getting the, the shot of going up to D1 and actually showing that they can compete at the level. Um, you know, they had a really impressive win against App State, which we all know App State beat the bricks off of um, Texas A&M at the beginning of the season. So that's good to see they can, they can kind of hang in there. Um, and the other one that I have for you is the USC-Utah game. That was a really fun game to watch. Um, Lincoln Riley's first season as head coach at USC turned that program around. You know, it's good for college football to have a program like that be competitive for the first time in a long time. Um, but it was just gonna USC just gonna be plummeting down the rankings now. It's gonna be a fun end to the college football year. We're getting right into the heat of it. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? Well, I'm looking forward to the bye week for Florida State because we just dropped three in a row. Uh, so get the, get the injuries healed up, get the program back in line, try to win some more games. So I'm, I'm glad for that. Um, as far as games for this week, there were a couple that I wanted to kind of talk about. I'm just loading up my notes for you. There we go. Um, the Clemson Syracuse game, um, Clemson's number five looks like they're going to be going to that college football playoff pending anybody above them, Tennessee's above them, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia. But Syracuse came out of completely out of left field, ranked 14th in the nation, 6-0 and overall. Definitely one of those schools that you think of being a basketball school, not a football school. So it's nice to see that happening. Another close game to watch this week is going to be the UCLA-Oregon game. They're ranked 9th and 10th. Um, that's going to be very pivotal for the Pac-12. And then Texas on the road against Oklahoma State. That's going to be another game to kind of look out for. That's going to be a fun one. I've been really enjoying watching Texas this year. Yeah, no, yours is actually doing really, really well. You know, Oklahoma State has been giving up a ton of yardage in the air, so I, I expect them to be throwing the ball over the field. Okay, we'll be watching for that. Another thing that we'll be watching for, as we tend to on these Sundays, these glorious fall weekends, the NFL, it is week seven in the league which means it is another week of picks here for Ricks versus Gricks. Let's get that music. Life. Death. 
time, space. Forget everything you think you know. Put your money on the line. It's time for Ricks versus Gricks. Gricks? That's right. Reed's picks versus Griffin's picks, which are now Scott's picks because we can't find Griffin. He's still somewhere lost in Interstellar. So Scott has become the Grick. We've also added some, uh, just like College Game Day, celebrity guest pickers. We've had Zuhair Ali of the Animation Deliberation on the last couple of weeks. This week, celebrity guest picker in the house is Sam Wolf. Sam Wolf, WVCW Radio. Find him. Oh. Ooh. Where's Perk? Get it. <laughs> Tell him, Perk. Oh. Last week, I went three and three. Uh, Scott went three and three. And somehow, Zoo went three and three. What the hell happened <laughs> last week? It's much better than the week before, though. And still nowhere yeah, we're not near talking my... about two weeks ago. And I, and I will continue to bring up my five and one week. From a couple weeks ago. That will never die. This season, I am 17 and 13. Scott is 11 and 19. Zoo is 5 and 7. We're going to see where Sam ends up after this week if he ends up taking over the entire thing. And we are going to start with the Green Bay Packers versus the Washington Commanders. The Packers are 3 and 3 coming to DC. The Commanders are 2 and 4. Packers are a a 5.5 point favorite. And God damn, there's been a lot going on with the Commanders. And it's something Just that we'll, we'll dive really deep at another time, but things are so fluid and continue to happen. By the time this show releases, I have no idea what's going to come out. Uh, we've had the ESPN report on Dan Snyder, which amongst uh, in many things is allegations and reports of Snyder seeking dirt on other owners in order to keep himself safe. Something that he mm-hmm. is come out against and try to you know let other owners know no i didn't try to blackmail you in any sort of way uh and now stemming from this week's really dramatic owners meeting which featured jerry jones and robert Kraft and some kind of old man fight with jerry telling Kraft, don't fuck with me i don't know <laughs> all about roger goodell's pay uh we had colts owner jim ursay might be my new favorite owner in the league publicly saying, I believe there is merit to removing him as owner, talking about Snyder. It's, it seems like it's happening. I, again, like Hawkeye in that Avengers movie, don't make me get, don't, like, don't get my hopes up. But I have my hopes up now. I finally feel like this could happen when an owner, another owner in the league, talking about how he believes that there are 21 other votes right now that could make it happen ahead of the December meetings, where they'll, you know, try to analyze everything and go over all the reports. It seems like it could finally happen. And it couldn't possibly be better for Washington because I haven't told Zoo, but I was telling Emily. Last week during that Thursday night game against the Bears, I actually found myself rooting for the Bears to win it at the very end. Oh my god. We were up and I wanted maximum hurt. I wanted maximum chaos for Dan Snyder and his camel toe. If you haven't seen that picture on Twitter, (laughs) yes, (laughs) Snyder in his suit. (laughs) And I I finally got that image out of my head. So thank you for putting it back in there. I wanted all of the hurt for him. 
now you have they're going to be inducting because they always do this whenever there's massive smoke or fire they try to bring back legends and so they're bringing you know they're inducting 10 new legends of the team into the 90 greatest redskins of all time i think they're still calling it that and one of them is former tight end chris cooley who said on a radio interview today that he declined the invite and he wants nothing to do with the organization right now. Good. He fuck did. them. They, they did the same shit last year when they tried to bring in the whole Sean Taylor tribute memorial game when all the allegations were coming out. Like, no, fuck them. And look how that went with Jackson Mahomes. You always have a Jackson Mahomes or a Chris Cooley to really shit on that parade. <laughs> and... <laughs> There's plenty to talk about with Snyder, with the drama, with the hope, and something that will revitalize the city. We will act, I, I believe DC will actually celebrate like it's a Super Bowl win if Snyder is t- removed as an 1, owner. 1,000%. But none of it truly matters because the god, Taylor Heineke, is back. Carson Wentz is out apparently four to six weeks after fracturing his uh, ring finger on his throwing hand. And whether, you know, it's really four to six weeks or not, we need him to miss 30% of the game so that our tr- our pick that we traded the Colts doesn't turn from a third into a second. So take your time, Carson. We don't need you to come. We'll have Taylor Heineke come back in and, you know, play from the Rex Grossman school of fuck it. Just going deep, even though he doesn't have the arm for it. So all that in place. Again, the Green Bay is a five and a half point favorite on the road. Scott, started out. Who's gonna win this one? We're going Packers, man. Yeah. I, I like as much as I love Heineke as that you know, quote unquote spark plug player. Throw him back there. That atrocious offensive line scares me for him. And then the D back situation watched him and ha- going against Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, Still, a, not a solid wide receiver core, but he has he has some weapons over there that he can kind of exploit the defense with. Yeah, it's a defense that's been uh, exploitable. Sam, who are you picking in this game? Um, at the current moment, like I'm not high on the Packers, but goddamn anybody but the Commanders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just there's there's no debate. Like, I I was borderline like. For me, the two teams I can't like pick for is the Bears and the Commanders. And last week was tough, but yeah, give me the Packers. Who did you pick in that game? I picked the Commanders through the through gritted teeth. Just couldn't go with a uh, 1940s <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback Justin Fields. I could not. <laughs> oh, I unfortunately for the history of this game and how we do this when we. I don't think it happened last week, but traditionally when we all pick the same game, for some reason it ends up in a loss. No, last week we all picked. No, who did we all? No, it happened again. No, never mind, Scott. The Eagles saved us. Okay, good. Unfortunately, the Eagles finally, out of five games, are the first one that all of us picked, and it turned Thanks, out to John. be correct. We're one and four there. We'll see how it goes because I'm picking the Packers this week as well. Oh, I'm going no. against the Commanders. It's not just because I'm trying to will shame and embarrassment upon that organization, but I also, I love Heineke, and I know I've had the bit of hyping him up as, you know, 
the greatest quarterback of all times, having a Super Bowl stolen from him by Tom Brady. But you're welcome. There's <laughs> there's a reason that Carson Wentz has been starting ahead of him. He's fun to watch. Heineke is fun to watch, but and he says that his arm strength has improved over the offseason. I guess we'll see. The weapons have definitely improved, but he's just a great backup. He's a fun backup, maybe a good stopgap quarterback, but I do think Carson Wentz is an improvement, and I think the fans that have been calling for Heineke to start are going to see that on Sunday. He makes stupid mistakes sometimes. Again, like I said, he comes from the Rex Grossman school of fuck it, I'm going deep. And he plays backyard football to an extreme, and that's not going to hold up against Green Bay, who we're unfortunately getting on a get-right week after their embarrassing loss last week and just have been on a Mm -hmm. skid this season. I think Green Bay is really going to take it out on us. So give me the Packers in that game. Next up, more drama, dangerous. It's the New York Jets, 4-2. and at the Denver Broncos, who are two and four, yet Denver is still a one and a half point favorite at home. Scott, who do you have? And before, in just in case you take the Broncos, I need you to know, Russell Wilson says that he has Wolverine blood, like Wolverine from Marvel Comics. He's got Wolverine blood when it comes to uh, the healing process of his hamstring. So no, that's do, not going to swing in any will. direction. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going with the Jets in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. But, I mean, you got all the problems going on with, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, at, at the head coach. But I feel like this is more on Russ. I think he is losing that locker room and losing it quick. I mean, if you look at the post game last week, he was outside trying to give people, like, high fives and say good game. Everyone just dismissing him. And then just the other day, you got Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch coming out, not saying the nicest of things about Russell Wilson. You know, he puts on this nice, clean-cut, great kind of guy persona, everybody. But I guess he has a reputation of not really getting along with his teammates. No, and it's been coming out with Seattle just how much they hate him. And I think you're kind of seeing in Seattle with how Geno is executing the offense Mm -hmm. that there might have been some fire to all that smoke of Russell just changing plays all the time and pissing everybody off. Uh, Okay, so you have the Jets. It's funny, people being, you know, the Jets are four and two. They're beloved Mm -hmm. right now. Sam, who are you taking? This is is my, like, comedic, like, Game, the game of the week, like the corn, the the Denver cornballs and Hackett and Russell Wilson, <laughs> and and the Mormon miracle, the 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 Cougar killer, the milk slayer. Give me, <laughs> give me, give me Zach Wilson, man. Like Disney Prince. Uh, yeah, Russ has just been so like that team has just been so abysmal, and we're forced to watch them because they just keep putting the Broncos at prime time. Ugh. And it, it, the Jets have been great. Like, let's be honest, Brees Hall's like was a steal of a pick. Um, the defense has been great. Sauce has been great. So why not go with the Jets here? I mean, I might be punching myself in the leg at the end of this, but I, I just don't believe in that in that Broncos team at all. Uninspired, if you will. I don't want to doubt Russell and his Wolverine blood, but <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to go with the New York Jets here <laughs> as well. Like you said, that talent on the Jets team, 
this is going to be – I don't know if they're going to be a dangerous team this year, if they're going to be a playoff team, if they'll you know fall back to earth a little bit. But they've definitely improved. Uh, I think Rob Sala is a really good coach for that team. And you got that young talent. Sauce Gardner is special. Like, that dude mm-hmm. is a star. Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle there with the Jets. Monster. You've got talent all over the offense with Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis has stepped up. Brees Hall, that addition to combine him with Michael Carter, who was a very good rookie last year also. And, you know, the MILF Slayer stepping it up. He's keeping (laughs) it going there. Uh, Yeah, I like the Jets. And the Broncos, they're just broken. They're broken. And I know it because Russell has – he's gone two press conferences now without saying Broncos country, let's ride. He hasn't said it. They've broken him. They even, Man, I love him. I some, love Russ so much. He's some, just somebody he's had so to have told funny. him that they're making fun of him. Some, <laughs> he just hasn't known. Oh, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers two and four against the Miami Dolphins three and three. Miami is a seven point favorite at home. It could be the return of Tua Tagovailoa after you know the famous concussions and. Not sure if the Steelers are going to have Kenny Pickett starting or Mitch Trubisky, depending on the injury situation. But they did just come off a crazy win against Scott's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Scott, who do you have in that game? Steelers or Dolphins? No, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. You know, with Tua looking like he's going to be on track to play. The Steelers aren't scary this year in any facet of the game. Their offense lacks any kind of personality, any kind of direction. Their defense is really struggling right now. And you're going into Miami that, you know, Minnesota was just there bitching about how hot it was. So it's, I'm going to go with the, the, the safe pick with the Dolphins. Sam, who do you have? Um, Give me the corpse of Tua. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, it's just uh, any other any other team besides, like, you know, those bottom dwellers. But the Steelers, are, yeah, like you said, are just so meh, like, everywhere, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you kind of have some flash in George Pickens. But, yeah, there's just not much there. And I think the Dolphins are a really solid team with uh, Tua behind center. The Dolphins are... I think it's a real testament to how good that team is, just how they've played the last couple of weeks with not only him gone, but then the injuries to Teddy Bridgewater and that rookie quarterback who is no Bailey Zappi and Skylar Thompson stepping in there and not really doing much. But still, everybody, you have that guy, Tyreek Hill, there on offense that you know you can just say, fuck it, I'm throwing to him. And he's going to make a play. And if he's not going to make a play, Jalen Waddle is going to do it or Raheem Mostert. That said, I'm going to, I'm picking football this week and I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking, I'm taking a weird upset here. Uh, I just, I, I can't doubt Mike Tomlin. I don't like seeing the Steelers at two and four. I don't believe that that's a legit two and four. Even if the talent is kind of mediocre, I think something will wake up there. Um, if Tua plays, I don't totally trust it. I don't know if I'm going to trust his play in this one. And especially in prime time, nerves are going to be up. 
I just have a feeling. I have a feeling about the Steelers, so I'm taking the black and gold this week. And I'm also just not excited at all to see Tua on the field. It makes me it makes me very nervous to see him play again after that and really hoping that he doesn't mm-hmm. get, you know, take that hit, which his body type kind of just opens him up to it. Meanwhile, Atlanta Falcons, three and three against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are three and three. Cincinnati is a six point favorite, but the Falcons have been kind of hot lately. Scott, who do you have? Yeah, uh, this is the game of the slate that you sent out in the notes that I was really struggling with. I was actually going back and forth on this all day. It's a weird but one. I know. And it's like the Falcons are they're they're progressing, they're, they're improving as each week goes by. But with the Falcons having the 31st ranked passing defense against the Bengals offense that passes the ball 90% of the time. Like, I just, I can't, I can't trust that. And especially they're at home in Cincinnati. We're going with the Bengals. Sam, who do you have? Yeah, this is a, this is a weird one, like you guys said. But, I mean, I feel like the the Falcons are are playing way above their pay grade at the moment. And I think the Bengals are playing way below their pay grade. I think it's just a matter of, you know, shifting momentum. And this feels like that week for the Bengals. So, uh, give me, give me Joe Shiesty. You can never doubt Joe Shiesty. I'm going to go with you two and, of course, Hannah Savar from our Super Bowl picks. Go Bengals. <laughs> I'm taking the Bengals in this one as well. I, I do. There have definitely, I have felt for, uh, you know, Joe with Cincinnati. They have still done nothing for him on that O-line. He is getting the shit beat out of him every week. But... Going against that defense, and if it ends up being some kind of a shootout, I'm taking the Bengals in that offense. Indianapolis Colts, three and two, and that fucked up one, that tie. They're at the Tennessee Titans, who are three and two. Tennessee is a two and a half point favorite in this big AFC South matchup. Scott, who do you have? Uh, This game is going to come down to the the Colts offensive line versus the Titans defensive line. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, looks like he's finding his group. Had a great game last week. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's coming back this week. Um, and obviously the Colts defense is, is always traditionally solid. So we're going to go with the Colts on the road in Tennessee. Fair enough. Sam, who are you taking? Uh, this is the game I'm going to sleep through this week. Uh, but give me the Colts just I'm a big Matty Ice guy. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill or really anything that's going on in Tennessee right now. Uh, yeah, give me Matty Ice. Tennessee's a weird team. I thought that they were, uh, you know, trying to tank at the beginning of the year. Uh, Things are weird. I don't like to doubt Derrick Henry, but there is nothing about that receiving core that I like. There's nothing really on the offense I like outside of Mm -hmm. Henry. Colts are heating up. Jonathan Taylor's back. I, again, need to root for him with my fantasy team. Really needing this fucking comeback. (laughs) Give me Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. And by God, please, 200 yards and three touchdowns. Finally, the game of the week. We have Geno Smith, the future Hall of Famer, and the Seattle Seahawks, three and three at the Los Angeles Chargers, who are four and two. The Chargers are a six-point favorite. Scott, who do you have? This pick is the one that hurt me to make the most because I wanted to pick the Seahawks so bad, but I'm going with the Chargers at home. That's fair. Sam, who are you taking? Yeah, like Gino's just too good, man. Like the the I didn't write back. You want to pick him 
so bad. But like one of my favorite young teams in the league is the Chargers right now. Not even young teams, just my one of my favorite teams in the league. I think they have a lot of upside as the Chargers. And I think they just really need to unlock it. But I think the Chargers are the better football team. They'll take the game. I think the Chargers are the better football team on paper, but I just don't trust Brandon Staley. He has been making some mind-bending calls this year. I don't know if it's been an analytics approach or what. They have everything that you want on that team. The Seahawks just have some type of you know weird magic. I think that they're obviously going to fall back to earth. Gino, the future Hall of Famer, of course, no disrespect to him. I didn't you know write him off, so obviously he didn't write back to me. But... <laughs> I don't. I think he will come back down to earth at some point. I don't think it's going to be this week, though. For some reason, I'm taking football. I'm taking Geno Smith and those Seahawks to get the upset on the road against the Chargers. It's just something the Chargers do. I don't don't know, man. I think the Chargers got embarrassed when they got beat at home against the Jaguars. They've been on a stretch of three and zero since then. I just, I don't, I don't think for Staley's job's sake, he can't lose this game. That's why I'm taking it. I'm taking Seahawks. <laughs> Give me Pete Carroll and all that gum. Go Bengals. Oh, we have moved through there. We are going to close it out here as we normally do. Calvin Ridley, Sam, I don't know if you know his story. He's one of our favorite uh, idols in sports. He was Atlanta Falcons star receiver, got suspended for an entire year after placing a bet while he was out anyway, placing a 15-leg parlay on the Falcons total lunacy all over that. (laughs) So we have the Calvin Ridley Memorial betting slip. It's where Kenny Rogers comes in, starts serenading with Scott as he puts in his locks and gives you a 15 pick parlay to make you plenty of money. But this week we decided to switch it up because like we've said it from the start, we got Sam back. That means the NBA is back. So we're not only going to have Scott pick from NFL games, he will pick from college games as well, and he will pick from NBA games to create his 15-pick parlay to give you the best chance and him the best chance of finally hitting because, goddamn, these parlays are stressful, and they haven't been <laughs> they haven't And been, I keep missing. We keep missing. We were <laughs> One of them was done you know famously the nfl starts at one o'clock one of these uh betting slips a couple weeks ago was done by 12 30. it's yep. just weird ha- <laughs> london will fuck you up everything will fuck you up so we're going to cheat and give ourselves the best chance of this so scott it is time for your locks for your memorial betting slip to make sam here some money what do you have all right, well, then, so not to disappoint the two of you, but I tried adding NBA games to this betting slip, and it wouldn't let me for some reason on FanDuel. What? So I took that as a sign to not go with it. But to offset that disappointment, I did up my, my usually weekly bet from $10 to $15. So I'm putting a little bit more money on the line because I couldn't put the NBA games on there. So the easiest way that I did this, the picks this we just went over in Ricks versus Gricks, I rolled them into this parlay. We got Green Bay against Washington. We got the Jets against Denver. Miami with Pitt. Cincinnati over Atlanta. Indy over Tennessee. And the Chargers against Seattle. But that's where the NFL comes to an end. Now is where college football comes in here. Getting a couple games in there. Like a game we just talked about. (laughs) Right. And I picked six. So, 
the number nine UCLA Bruins against the number 10 Oregon Ducks. We're going UCLA on the road win against Oregon. Um, we got Ole Miss on the road against LSU. We're going Ole Miss. Game of the week, Boise State at Air Force. We're going Boise State. <laughs> I I just scrolled down the list. I saw a game. I picked it. I, I, there was no rhyme or reason to this. We just rolled with it this week, folks. Uh, number 17, Kansas State at number 8, TCU. Uh, we're going to go with TCU at home. Uh, this is a, a pick for the, the resident Marvel fanatic, Emily Sissel. Uh, Minnesota at number 16, Penn State. We're going to go with Penn State because I know how much that team means to her family, dear, dear, their heart. And to round it all out, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. We're going with Texas. But like I said, the $15 bet, do you want to know how much is going to win me if it hits? How much? Ten thousand and one dollar. <laughs> that one dollar is what really makes it special. That's what that sold extra, it to me. That extra dollar is what will get it for you. Oh shit! I like it. I might actually throw that in, Sam. At some point, we're just going to have you two do warring parlays, and we'll—I got to figure out an NBA player who's done something as stupid, but we'll have you roll with the NBA parlay as well. I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll write one up if I. I can't wait to legally sports bet. At the age of 20, I'm suffering out here. I need to get my degeneracy on, but I'm going to start mocking up some parlays for you. Before we get out, are there any games that you're looking forward to this weekend? Anything that people should be looking forward to? This weekend, let me check the NBA schedule. Uh, 76ers box, which is going on right now, is very interesting, but 76ers little, look a little rough right now. They're down about 20. Um... And now let's check up Nuggets Warriors, I think should be fantastic. Um, both very fluid offenses should be really fun. Oh, uh, God, Saturday is a crazy game or crazy day for the NBA. Uh, Celtics Heat should be good. And uh, sorry, this is Saturday. Wow. Uh, Grizzlies Ew, Magic. Silly goose. <laughs> Grizzlies Magic. And then, yeah, Suns Clippers. So there's a bunch of marquee games this week. Uh, and I'll be I'll be back whenever Reed wants me back to update on the NBA. Oh, we're gonna have plenty to update. It's been great to have you back, Sam Wolf, again, sports director at WVCW Radio in Richmond, Virginia, head play-by-play commentator for college basketball. There, you gotta check him out. Support him. Support our people. That Sam, thank you again for being back. Of course, <laughs> Perkins loves you. Scott Elia, again, you can find him where white people are found. That is a top five, an epic top five coming for you soon. We got to get him out of here because like Kyler Murray, Call of Duty calls. Oh, man. Hey, keep coming up. Gotta do it. It is a just a preview for the people. It is top five places that only white people go to. Sam, what would be your considerations for that? Uh, farmers markets, um, pumpkin patches. Uh, yep. Dang. Um, or, or apple orchards. Apple orchards. I, I would say apple orchards more. I'm going to a pumpkin patch tomorrow, but I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with Emily, who's white, yeah, so, so you're going with a white person, right? So <laughs> and whose idea? And whose idea was it? Was it your idea or was it Emily's idea? Yes, Emily's idea. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you with one that I'll drop now as kind of like a hint to the rest of the list. Oh. Thrift shops post-2012 after Macklemore came out with the thrift <laughs> shops on. <laughs> I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. You two are great. Thank you for being here. It's been a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Again, follow us three, at 323REID on all the social media, the 323 Network on YouTube, and of course, Patreon.com, the three two, at 323REID. Give us money, just like Scott does. All this funding to get his... Uh, to keep his parlays going and i bought i bought my spot on this show he bought his way onto the show and you can buy <laughs> your, my... you can buy your way onto the show too join me just like any white patreon. man <laughs> i bought my way to the top that's one of the top five places patreon <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for being here thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening we will talk to you soon stay safe